week three. This was yep. this was one for the books. Um, liter- like literally, I'm. Uh, I just I didn't have any Dolphins shares, nor did I have the right Charger shares, and I feel like that was where you wanted to be this week. Um, oh, I'll scratch that. I did start Devin Smythe in a league. Um, not okay. the best decision yet, but he's running more routes than the the receivers. So I'm like, he's going to have a week where he's going to go off, but it's just not going to happen. It's going to happen on probably a more obscure week. Like watch like Buffalo. He'll go off because everybody's going to be freaking out about Tyreek and then coming in on a chain and Moster, yeah. And so he's going to be the one running around open, but who knows? Uh, It'll be nice to see uh, the Dolphins get a true test for a change after just a one of the craziest uh, games ever. Yeah, I, um, I don't know how much of that was the Broncos' defense being a disaster, but it definitely wasn't zero. Um, and we'll see if Jalen Waddles comes back. That was without Jalen Waddle. It's crazy. Yeah. No, they. They got production going a lot of different ways right now. And there's parts of the offense that haven't even been tapped into yet. Like I was saying, like with Smythe, you know, like he's going to have a week. Like Gesicki, despite being insufferable last year, had a week where he just yeah. blew up. And there's enough There's there's enough in this offense for everybody uh to eat, I did not anticipate the Devon A chain train to um, to go. But I, if anybody tells you that they started Devon A chain, they're lying because everybody I've spoken to that had him on their roster um, forgot to put him in because he would have been either their last resort, and the other guy who was ahead of him was injured. They just forgot to make the switch, or they had him so deep on their roster. They weren't even gonna like, and I think it also might have yeah. been too. People might have been intimidated by Denver's defense. Um, I'm here to say I don't think you should be scared of. You know, yes, Denver has some guys, but if you have an offense that produces and you have a quarterback who can get their players the ball, I don't think we can. We don't. I don't think we need to be afraid of Denver this year. Yeah, yeah, I definitely uh, would say that it was. Knowing what we knew going into the week would have been a bad decision to start Devon A. Chain. Um, yeah, I think it was Salvin Ahmed was normally ahead of him, too. Yeah. So not if anyone started him, which, again, maybe there's a few people out there. There are some pretty big leagues. It was definitely a matter of having no one desperation. else. And, uh, yeah, really desperation. I mean, at least Reiki Mostert was decently well started. Yes. So maybe it's not inconceivable that there's someone out there who did anticipate it but again it bears out by the data it was on yahoo his percent started rate was rounding to zero so it was effectively not started anywhere so i sent you that screenshot of a 15.6 percent rostered on sunday on espn yeah do you want to know where that is now <laughs> well, today's wednesday so most of the waivers have gone through i would think Seven. i guess he's up to 80%. Oh, nope. 72.7% rostered. So I just, I okay. wanted to, I wanted to make sure that I had that moment in time captured because I knew it was going to be crazy. Yeah. Like I, I got him in waivers. I was at the top of my waivers and I needed running back support because um, after Nick Chubb got, went down, I was like, I, he's, he's the best option right now in terms of his production. So, uh, you know, can, can lightning strike? twice i think so in mcdaniel's offense but i'm not like holding my breath for another performance like what happened last week but does he have another 20 30 point game in him depending on league scoring format i would say in that offense probably well yeah i mean honestly i don't think any player in the last 10 years has scored 50 points in a game more than once so this might be his best game. However, he definitely is a high upside play. I wouldn't disagree with that. I think he may end up being the second best running back in the Dolphins the rest of the way compared to Raheem Mostert. I think that's a fair bet. 
it wouldn't shock me if this became a bit of a Mike Williams situation where he goes off occasionally and it always ends up being the week where you have him on your bench where he goes off. He could just end up being that type of a player. Hopefully not for those that have him. I actually did have him. Actually, it might be in the Battle of the States League. I had him in a league and then had to drop him when we had when I had too many injuries come through. But it's uh, so not that I would have started him, but it's I honestly I think there's a 50-50 chance here. He's either going to be hugely useful in fantasy, or he's going to be one of those headaches that's just teasing you. And some people would say at the end of the year, it's like I'm. Never going to draft Devin H.A. again. Yeah, no. Um, 41% snap percentage. I'm showing a projection of 4.6 in a full PPR Dynasty format. And, uh, yeah, that's probably one of the craziest projection to uh, actual outcome variances I have, I've seen yeah. ever. Um, yeah, I, I would probably say, probably historically even, it, it's up there for sure. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised, though, if this becomes, of all the players that were ever 0% started, that this goes down in as the most points anyone's ever scored. And from a fantasy standpoint, it might take decades before something like this were to happen. Again. Yeah, I, I would agree. Um, so we have the Keenan Allen show right now, um, and it's it, until it, it, it'll happen in perpetuity now for the season. Um, bar, barring injury, because Mike Williams down with the ACL. Fortunately, he gave all of his owners a, a nice little win share there. But you know, it it he's it just always feels like it's the same story for Charger wide receivers. There's and I don't know if it's just because we've been so accustomed to Keenan Allen the past so many years. It's like he'll he's incredible when he's out there, but. He gets hurt. He's and he's out. He's gone for the season, and it, so I, I don't know. This is this is going to be extremely good for Josh Palmer. I anticipate, but I don't know if many people are are think that way about Josh Palmer the way I do. But I've just kind of always I, you have that one like kind of you know back end guy who always ends up on your roster, and for me, it's always been Palmer for whatever reason, and it's it's kind of funny how it's like well i mean he has more opportunity than a lot of players based on the offense and he has the experience so it's kind of funny how it yeah. how it comes to fruition i'll be interested yeah. to see what what quentin johnson's role is going to be now but um it's definitely going to be keenan allen's ball uh until somebody else um merits it yeah, on their this, offense yeah this is going to be uh yeah, this might be the year it all comes together for Keenan Allen. I do feel like we've – I mean, he was probably the second-best route runner in the league behind Antonio Brown back when he was – Oh, my more gosh. So I guess what we could consider wow. like his athletic prime. Yeah. But – He's been in the league for he, a while. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. He's, uh, I think, coming up on – is his 10th season, maybe 11th yeah. season yeah. or so. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, it's – I mean, I, I think it's too good to be true in some ways just because he's had trouble surviving the season. I like Joshua Palmer as a – if you need immediate production and reliability, like reliable production, as far as picking up Chargers receivers, I like him. But Quinton Johnston, um, I mean, it, it's a little bit alarming that he hasn't done anything yet, but he's probably the upside pick. I don't think a lot of people would disagree with that. He tra- uh, He's a match for a lot of other players that um, – have booned and busted in the past. So it's, yeah, well, it's, I, that's how I would play this. At least if I have Keenan Allen, I don't think I'm trading him, no, but no. I'm listening to offers. At least. Yeah, no, I don't think I'm trading him either. I think he's kind of, you're kind of ride or die with him and where you would have drafted him. You would have hopefully had some other options at receiver in conjunction with him. I hope like this, it, you, you know, like that would be super easy for anybody to draft Keenan Allen and uh, it, and Mike Evans, or you know Keenan Allen and, and somebody else. So hopefully you have some other horses you can ride if he goes down with the ship. But um, he should really take a page out of Tyler Lockett's book and run out of bounds more. Honestly, like <laughs> that Lockett is notorious yeah. for avoiding the hits and sometimes you know oh, yeah. like you know he'll lock it will slide even sometimes if he 
if he sees what's going on and it it's, doesn't look good. It's, Lockett makes business decisions. Keenan Allen just he just wants to run through guys, and and you got to respect that. But man, he needs they, yeah. the Chargers need him. If he goes down, no Eckler either. They're in they're in a world of hurt. Yeah, they, uh, I could even see them. Uh, picking up a free agent or something like that to fill a hole at that point. It's funny because Tyler Lockett, he is, if there's, I don't know of anyone else that's even close to him in terms of ability to avoid like uh, the self-preservation skill. Yeah, You see it when you're watching it too. He just falls down or goes out of bounds whenever he needs it. He's usually fast enough to avoid contact. It makes sense given his stature and he has had injuries before. So it's totally, no one faults him for that. Um, but I am a little bit surprised no one else is trying to follow his lead a bit there. But, yeah, I agree. I think Keenan Allen would be a good idea if he could he could do that. Um, try to play a little bit more like the Tyler Lockett style. Um, yeah, and I guess like starting out like you know where we had a per. I'm not saying I don't believe in healthy sample sizes until like we're a quarter way through the season, even like halfway through the season. But boy, I am. Uh, it would have been the strategy this year to just draft Dolphins. Yeah, yeah it could be the Mike McDaniel. Like, if you had that really, strategy, like, you could have easily executed it in your draft. Sean McVay and you would be Kyle thriving Shanahan. right now. I mean, granted, they're all from the same coaching tree, but he's the next offensive genius. And I am not happy that the next coaching genius is also in the AFC East. <laughs> Oh, and, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, that especially for you. And um, he just happens to be at the, the free agent destination. Yeah. So, um, you know, they're, they're definitely going to be the beneficiary of some of that because yeah. who doesn't want to live in Miami? A lot of players already do in the off season, So um, that's uh, another strike against you. Uh, um, and then this this week, um, or what, you know, recap in week three here, um, uh, Kenneth Walker looks awesome this year. Um, we also had another Devonte Adams performance that was is worth mentioning. And then, um, you know, uh, uh, rising from the from the depths of uh, Minnesota's grave, or I don't know what do you call Adam Thielen's performance there, but they seem to be feeding Thielen in a really weird way that I did not anticipate happening. I don't know what your thoughts are on Thielen. Yeah, I saw it's, I saw what your you had him on the JV. If but you look down at that, depth I'm like, you say, they okay, they are Mingo they get him the ball on purpose. Is, we've all forgotten. Yeah, we all forgotten about Terrace Marshall, and maybe that was the right thing to do because he's also been failing to. Convert and now here. he's, yeah, he's out Adam now Thielen, with concussion. Now, um, not that much time has passed since Adam Thielen was a legit yeah. threat for. 100 catches, well, even more so than that. He was, um, in my opinion, he was the clear number one over Stephon Diggs for a while in Minnesota. He he's could just go in. He's in the, I don't know, I guess Wes Welker Broncos phase of his career, maybe, except without as much wear and tear or as many concussions. So, yeah, um, I like Adam Thielen. I, I think he has enough in the tank where this, he could be one of those, like, oh, sure. nice uh, – safe third receiver types for your team for the rest of the year. It reminds me of, this is going way back, but it reminds me a little bit of like Bobby Ingram back in the Seahawks in the 2000s where you just need someone to get like six catches for 50 to 80 yards or so and just oh, don't, yep. you know, don't throw up a donut. Maybe that's going to be Adam Thielen here. Yeah. No, I really like him in DraftKings this week. He's extremely undervalued in salary right now. Um, extremely low like below 5000 low and for what he's putting up right now I'm going to say like that's a pretty good sneaky play I also like Josh Palmer as well as a sneaky play in DraftKings yeah. this week if I was to kind of look at where where things are kind of shaking um I also like uh you know double up on the San Francisco running backs in Arizona um you know Christian McCaffrey he'll do great but Elijah Mitchell will definitely get his fair share of opportunities being at Arizona. Now, I know Arizona's frisky, um, that not to be trifled with. 
um, especially on the defensive side of the ball. They've proven they can actually hang with some teams uh, as uh, the Cowboys kind of just rolled the ball out and thought it was a win. Um, But I don't think the 49ers take any opponent lately, so I don't anticipate them having the same issue as, as Dallas did. Yeah, yeah, they're um the Christian McCaffrey workload is pretty unsustainable, especially yeah. him that McCaffrey hasn't um isn't as durable as maybe some other backs would be. So I think they're I'm pretty sure Kyle Shanahan's made some statements saying they need to spread the load a little bit more with Elijah Mitchell. So I agree with that. I think um him and Kyron Williams, McCaffrey and Kyron Williams being the two backs that are getting seemingly every carry in their offense, that's not gonna last the whole year. So that's something to be aware of if you're looking for a valued pickup. I don't know who to pick up for the Rams, but if Elijah Mitchell is available in your league, it's probably a good idea to grab him. Is Kenneth Walker sustainable for the season? I don't think so, because I think Zach Charbonnet is the, um, arguably a better version of Kenneth Walker. He actually might be, by the end of the year, the best running back on the team. I do think Kenneth Walker... I was never, honestly, as impressed with Kenneth Walker's ability to produce compared to his predecessors. In Seattle, sure. so Rashad Penny, Chris Carson, um, I, I've never been big in the in the canine, canine uh, bandwagon. So I'm actually putting trying to if I can have an opportunity to get my hands on Jarbonet, I'm doing it right now. And again, that's mainly that. You know, maybe I could uh, spend a little bit more time trying to validate that. But the biggest thing that I have seen was that the Zach Jarbonet volume went up to about. Um, I think it was he got a 44% snap share or something like that this past uh, week. I may be misquoting that, but he was, he was on the field a lot more in week three, and that could be a sign of things to come. Yeah. There's, there's just been some weird things so far that I guess we didn't anticipate. It, you know, Zach Moss taking advantage of the negative game scripts. Um, Sam Laporta just absolutely taking tops off at the tight end spot that was something i wasn't really anticipating um i'm a little nervous going into the game tomorrow night um it's super funny because i think that luke musgrave and sam laporta could basically have the same stat line if musgrave was uh was ready for more of those passes that came his way on those broken plays that have occurred so far this season but um you know it's he i'll i'll give him a I'll give him the the rookie tight end break, but Sam Laporte is out there playing like he's been in the league for a couple of years now. And I don't, I don't, you know, I hate turning this into a Jets Packers talk, but I was, um, I so I was watching the game, and then I had to get back in the car and drive back home. And the whole time I watched the game, the Packers didn't score at all. And so then I was literally listening to the remainder of the game on the radio and I heard this comeback and I'm like, you gotta be joking me right now. Of course the Packers make this comeback that I've never seen before. Um, I haven't seen a comeback like this in probably like ever from like zero to just getting enough. Um, I've never seen that before as a Packer fan. I don't think a lot of Packer fans my age have. And so it's kind of like, okay, like when the going gets tough, our team can actually go versus you have uh, people in the Jets stadium yelling at Zach Wilson, the seats ain't cheap. And that uh, that clip cracked me up. And I'm like, man, that's tough. And, And I feel bad for the Jets defense. And honestly, they need to do something different. And I'm pretty sure you're in that camp too, right? Oh yeah, yeah. No, there's uh, Zach Wilson. I think he he still has the yips, whatever it is. I can appreciate what Roberts and the rest of the Jets organization are trying to do. Whereas the best chance of Zach Wilson turning things around is if they fully support him, and that may be the best chance of getting Zach Wilson to perform well. And maybe Zach Wilson performing well is the best chance the Jets have of being a good team if he's able to harness his talent and turn it around in a couple of games here. But most likely, that's not going to happen. There's no sign, in my opinion, that that's going to happen. He had a nice drive towards the end of the game against the Patriots, but he's we'd be better off with a lot of backup quarterbacks who can at least get us a handful of wins, come in and maybe have a shot at the wild card if we had someone like a Carson Wentz. Um, I was about to say, is Carson Wentz yeah. the worst idea? 
well, given that, uh, I don't think so. I mean, it's, I think that's a better idea than Zach Wilson because I also think that we need to get a one year guy. I don't think we're looking at trying to draft a quarterback next year or anything like that because we have Rodgers next year and probably, hopefully, for a few years after that. Uh, we did sign Trevor Simeon uh, today, so that's, that doesn't scream, you know, taking Zach Wilson's job, but he's an NFL backup at least. I, it's unfortunate because, yeah, it feels like we're wasting the primes of players like Quentin Williams. Um, maybe not the absolute primes, but great years for Garrett Wilson, Sauce Gardner. C.J. Mosley's not going to be able to play at this level forever. Um, it's, I mean, now I wish, you know, we had somehow found a way to swing a deal for, like, uh, David Bakhtiari or someone like that. But um, Take them. You can have them. I'm serious. Yeah. <laughs> I'm comfortable with our depth in the O-line in Green Bay. Not that I don't appreciate Bakhtiari's time, but he's saying really cryptic things like Rodgers, which usually when when players start talking like that, and it usually means they want out of Green Bay, but they just don't have... Uh, they just don't have the forthrightness to actually say it because they don't want the fans to think poorly of them. I think that's a big stigma when it comes to legacy Packers who've been with the organization for a long time. They're very cryptic and they kind of beat around the bush so that they don't get um, the flack that they would get in a bigger market like in New York, for example. So, um, I anticipate there's some of that going on. I don't know what's going to happen. He's so week to week, but he's not going to be playing again on on Thursday. Same with Elton Jenkins. So um, we'll be piecemealing this thing together. But I'm okay with the young guys we have out there. Zach Tom is incredible. We have the, one of the best swing tackles in the league. In um, in uh, and it's just it's one of the better situations in terms of in terms of O-line depth. And I always forget our swing tackle's name because it's so strange. Yash Nyman. So um, as long as as long as long we have those guys, we'll be golden. Um, oh, no. Looks like Zach Tom might be out this week, too. This is going to be really interesting, what they do against the Lions. Oh, boy. <laughs> not <laughs> If we take the L tomorrow um, for Thursday Night Football, I'm not going to be the most disappointed about it after seeing what's going on here, but... Oh man, I hope that some of these guys in red aren't uh, in red come time tomorrow. I'll just say that much. <laughs> yeah, Thursday games. Yeah. Oh my gosh. All right. Well, lots to look forward to. Check out Byron's YouTube video this week. Check out his blog. He's got some good insights on his, your fantasy, uh, your fantasy roster, and your fantasy league. Make sure you check him out. It is worth the watch. It is worth the read. And as always, Byron, good luck this week. And we'll see you on the next one. Good luck to you and the Packers. See you in the next one. You. Day late, but not a dollar short. Um, yeah, coming in to you quick before the week starts, everybody. Going to review... The slate for week four. Let's take a quick peek at the schedule. So, yeah, my bad. T taking you off your regularly scheduled programs this week because I still have life stuff going on. And that's uh, sometimes critical to the operation. But when I can get out to you all, make sure I get this pot out weekly. We're going to make it right. We're going to make it work. All right. So hitting things up Thursday night. Detroit traveling to Lambeau to play my Green Bay Packers. This week should be interesting for the Packers. We get Aaron Jones, Christian Watson back in the lineup. Um, I do like the potential for Christian Watson this week to get some love in the game plan. Um, Aaron Jones, I anticipate it being not as many snaps. Um, it'll, it'll probably be... He'll probably end up getting more than we really want him to, but uh, I do anticipate him getting the ball. And he, I mean, not for fantasy, it's great, but as a Packer fan, I'm kind of like, I feel like we can limit his snaps, maybe like only 10, 10-ish this week, 10 to 15 uh, carries. So, if, if, or get him involved in the passing game. I'm fine with that too. I still see a healthy dose of 
um, AJ Dillon and uh, Emmanuel Wilson and Taylor as well. Um, that's going to happen, I think. Still, there's still going to be three backs going around in Packers backfield just because Aaron Jones is still not a hundred percent yet. And then Christian Watson probably get involved in the run game as well. You can't help but get him the ball. He has so much juice. And then I am still I Romeo Dobbs has been constantly available for that offense and that and then I will still play Luke Musgrave if I have to at tight end because there are worse options at tight end you could play. So and yeah, Jordan Love as well. Not a terrible play. What he proved he could do in one quarter last week at the end of the fourth, it's uh I think it's time. I think it's time to play him as a fantasy asset. He's he 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 knows ways to score. He can get involved in the rush game. Um, you know, steal a rushing touchdown here or there, and he can throw for them as well. So I think it's time. I think it's time to say we can take, you know, I mean, if you were to start Jordan Love over Joe Burrow so far this year, uh, you'd be doing much better. So um, that's just something that I've analyzed. And then moving over on the Detroit side, Sam Laporta going to get involved more. Seems like this receiver room for Detroit's a little bit banged up. Um, not sure if we're getting the same Josh Reynolds. Uh, Amon Ross St. Brown, n- not available and then in the run game is it, it Gibbs is just not he's good but he's not he's not pro ready per se I don't think Gibbs is as much as a finished product for the NFL as Sam Laporta is as he proved last week so I anticipate that Laporta is going to get a heavy dose of opportunity and he's so fast he's he's good and that's something we can't take lightly all right, so we are back with the London games, the the London Jaguars hosting the Atlanta Falcons, and this one, don't forget, 9.30 a.m., pay attention, make sure you have your lineup set up right, don't mess around with it, if you don't want your Falcons in there for whatever reason, not a bad week to potentially sit some of them, um, obviously if you have Bijan, I feel like you're going to play him, but um, there might be better options than Drake London, and I wouldn't hesitate, to be frank. On the Jacksonville side, um, obviously they're catching their sea legs too, but I don't hate the Etienne play, and I, I don't mind the Trevor Lawrence play, but it's just going to be interesting. It's going to be weird. Um, I think this game is going to be a low-scoring affair, because Atlanta loves to dominate time of possession. So, um, yeah, hold your horses there. I'm not holding my breath on that one as much. Um, I anticipate somebody... It's, I, the Saints-Packers last week, this one gives me that vibes in terms of just a low-scoring affair and somebody coming out, squeezing out at the end there. Um, other games, so will will Miami get brought back to reality um, traveling up to Buffalo? I don't know because it's not like they're playing in Buffalo where the snow is or the weather's going to be a factor. So it could be um, Miami could have a really good game, um, but Buffalo's defense has been playing incredible lately. So this is going to be uh, this is going to be a true test, and it's awesome that's a division matchup. So um, one of these teams definitely going to going to steal one here. Um, you got to anticipate Miami's going to gonna definitely bring it but don't don't shy away from the buffalo options um really like what they've been doing there on the offensive side of the ball um mr allen's been getting the ball around to his to his weapons but it's kind of hard to pick which one is going to be the guy so I i feel like i'm i feel like i have to start digs i feel like i'm I, I don't want to start Davis, but he did have a touchdown last week. Still going to be pretty touchdown dependent. Dawson Knox has been playing pretty good. And I do like James Cook as well. So, And, of course, if you have Josh Allen, you're not going to not play Josh Allen. And then on the Miami side, I think I'll still um, – I would play all the Miami cast um, to a A-chain, Mostert, and Tyreek Hill. I would slot them in because if there's a big play potential, one of those three is going to go off for something. Um, Smythe right now looks questionable. Uh, this could 
I feel like Smythe going to have a random week where he just goes off, though. So who knows? Maybe it's this week. But right now, he does have the Q tag on him. So we'll see what happens later in the week. Um, and then, yeah, there's that. Minnesota at Carolina. Justin Jefferson, truly the only one I'm really interested in on this offense. But also, I think Madison is a good play here. I think those two are going to be reliable options. And I think that Kirk Cousins could be a decent play as well. He sometimes shows up in random games. And then we have Carolina side. Adam Thielen definitely going to want to make plays against his old team. And they seem to be feeding him the rock. Outside of that, um, yeah, Miles Sanders, definitely a play against this Minnesota defense. And then I'm just, maybe Hurst is a good play. Um, it feels like he's not done good enough like opportunity in this offense. He's definitely worth it. And it's kind of weird that he's not getting more attention um, in terms of uh, where the progression goes. But you're at the mercy of Andy Dalton here. So good luck and be careful. Um, like I said, Miles Sanders might be the only guy I'm really interested in. Um, if I'm being frank, outside of that, though, if you want to bench your Carolina Panthers this week, don't hesitate. And then we got Denver wanting to definitely rebound after what happened last week. And what a better place to do it than in Chicago. So I anticipate Denver's defense wanting to definitely show up and show out after allowing 70 points to be scored. And I think that Chicago will allow that to happen i'm not really interested in any chicago bears this week um some denver broncos that i might be interested in um marvin mims seems to be a favorite target of russell wilson i wonder if he's likening mims to kind of a tyler lockett figure that he had in seattle and it seems like the passing game for denver is getting some more versatility this might actually finally be a game where um where we finally see something out of uh, Javante Williams. So it has been fairly mediocre to average for him. Um, RB2 numbers, nothing to, no, not even RB2, but you still, you know, his snap percentage still merits starting. So I wonder if it's only a matter of time where he starts getting fed the ball more. It, this is going to be probably one of the last straws Russell Wilson has because if he, if he keeps screwing up, Sean Payton, I don't think it's going to hesitate uh, benching him unless there are other powers that be that are influencing Sean Payton's decisions. Baltimore traveling to Cleveland. I don't hate a Lamar Jackson play here. I love a Lamar Jackson play here, to be honest. And then um, everybody that comes with him, Mark Andrews, Zay Flowers, for sure. Um, everybody else on that offense, not really interested. Then on the Cleveland side, I don't, I don't shy away. From Jerome Ford, we'll see how that keeps... Actually, yeah, shy away from Jerome Ford. going to be fairly touchdown dependent. And this Baltimore defense, I think, isn't going to necessarily play nice in allowing him to do whatever he wants. And it's Cleveland's in an interesting st spot. They just brought um, Kareem Hunt back. And I don't know if that necessarily makes them any better or any worse than what they are current state. Deshaun Watson... Is I mean, Cleveland did good against Tennessee last week, but Tennessee is kind of another team that's wallowing in their own just mediocrity, um, if I were to put it uh, nicely. Um, so that's something that I'm just kind of thinking, like, Cleveland's not too different. I feel like that game could have gone any other way. Um, you know, Cleveland being the one scoring in the single digits and Tennessee doing that. So... Not really a game I want too much action on, but if you have this, if you have the studs from either team and you're dependent on it, you kind of have to. Um, it just stinks that there's no more Nick Chubb to enjoy watching, but fortunately, only towards MCL, so should be back someday. Baltimore, Pittsburgh at Houston. Um, this one's a good matchup. See. If the Matt Canada offense can make something happen against this Houston defense, if they can't do that, then Pittsburgh is just... I don't understand why they keep putting up with Matt Canada. I'm sure Simon Short will will uh, give his two cents on this. If this is one of those games where Houston goes in and beats Pittsburgh, Tomlin, 
is is what is going to happen there? That's the real question here. And so, yeah, Pittsburgh on that side probably interested in a George Pickens play here, um, and that's uh, that might be. I'm Najee, Jalen Warren, uh, Pat Fryermuth plays good here, um, but yeah, that's. I mean, Fryermuth and Pickens probably my my favorite plays on this offense. I'm not too interested in this bat running back core until Najee Harris gets beaten out by Jalen Warren. Um, but I've I've yet to see that happen. Um, I hope it does someday because I think Jalen Warren is better back. But current state, they have to ride Najee, the draft capital. They put so much into it. They're going to do it. So, um yeah, Pat Fryermuth, George Pickens, only two I'm really interested in. On the Houston side of the ball, then, um, I don't hate the, Pittsburgh's defense. Good play this week. Um, I think I'll shy away from my uh, my Houston plays. I'd, I'll say Tank Dell did go um, for another great week last week. I'm not too sure if that's going to happen again. C.J. Stroud, I think, is – this is – Probably the best defense C.J. Stroud has faced to date. So um, I don't anticipate this necessarily being a favorable matchup for Houston's offense, especially. L.A. Rams at Indianapolis. I Zach Moss, as long as he's going to keep doing what he's doing, you're going to keep playing him. Same with Kyron Williams. you got to keep playing these guys um, when they have these opportunities. And then Puka Nakua, until he gives us a reason to not play him, you are injecting him into your lineup because Indianapolis's defense is um hot garbage and that's just you know they have some I mean DeForest Buckner man I'd love to see him on my team and just watching him in Indy is just tough 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 and so yeah that's about all I can say there Josh Downs might be a decent play just to throw some action his way um yeah, he's a. In terms of the rookie options and wide receiver options in Indy, he's definitely proving himself to be um, something. And I don't know if he's going to put up Tank Dell numbers, but he, I think he'll be reliable. He's he's showing up, and that's the big thing. Is like if you're getting targeted, you must be doing something right, especially for Gardner to notice. And I'm not saying like Gardner's some you know best backup ever, but he's not the worst either so um i feel like jets fans would probably rather have gardner menchu right now than zach wilson uh to put things lightly i bet if we asked byron he'd probably he'd, he'd take gardner over uh zach wilson it'd be different than what they're used to but i mean seriously at this point um yeah new york jets fans in a dark dark place right now Divisional matchup, Tampa Bay at New Orleans. And this one, I'm definitely Mike Evans. Sometimes, sometimes he just doesn't really have a good a lot of times he doesn't have a good game against Marshawn Lattimore. Uh it's kind of one of the more funnier uh rivalries that occur between uh, a secondary player and a and a wide out. But um yeah, so if you have other options, maybe let Mike Evans uh, sit this week <laughs> unless something were to change and he somehow gets it all figured out. Um, yeah, of course you're going to play Olave if you have him. Rashid Shahid, just, I just don't know if it's there. Yeah, he had the punt return last week, but it seems like he's only good for one play a week. And now you got Jameis Winston. So there's going to be a lot of airing it out. Um for him and you know he's gonna want to stick it to hit one of his old teams in Tampa Bay so we shall see um I believe we have Alvin Kamara back this week so that's uh might be a good play might be a sneaky play to put into your lineup in terms of what he's capable of and then um Kendra Miller still waiting and watching hoping for something but it you know he had his shots last year and he was still um having to share it with uh with Jones Jr., so I don't anticipate him going off anytime soon. And he's still very young. He's only 20-ish, 21-ish, so a lot of time for Kendra to prove himself. So don't don't feel too bad on yourself if 
you picked him up on waivers and you played him and you don't think it's going to happen this year, don't worry about it. It'll happen when it happens. Have Devon A. Chain instead. That's what I did. I, I went and I grabbed Devon A. Chain. All right. So moving on. Another divisional matchup. Washington at Philadelphia. And I don't. Sam Howell's first time having to play basically uh, the Philly fans. I, he might have played them last year, actually. And shouldn't say that because he played a couple games last year. Philadelphia, I think this is their game. I like Philadelphia's defense as a play here. I do like um, A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith uh, and uh, Jalen Hurts. So that is my take with Philadelphia. Dallas Goddard, if you have him at tight end, I'm assuming you're going to inject him into your lineup, and that's okay. And then running back room. Oh, yes, Swift. Swift. Swift would be a good play, so I would not hate a DeAndre Swift play this week either. On the Washington side of the ball, it's uh, it is Brian and uh, they are a tough one. To, they are a tough nut to crack, just the way they kind of are. Um, I am not. I mean, Robinson Jr. might be it in terms of what I'm interested in. Um, I just don't know what's going on with the wide receivers here. If I have to play one of them, it's Dodson, and that's about it. So not a lot on the commander side that I'm too interested in this week, and I'm okay with that. It just happens. And I, I love Philadelphia, though, so there's that. We got Cincinnati traveling to Tennessee. I anticipate Cincinnati doing a similar thing to Tennessee that Cleveland did last week. Joe Burrow definitely needs to step his game up, whatever that is going to look like. He just hasn't been playing like himself. Attribute that to injury. Attribute that to whatever. It's just weird because we've definitely seen him play under mediocre conditions in terms of his status and he just hasn't been going through the way he the way we're accustomed to seeing so I don't hate the play but I am a little hesitant just because of the way things have been going for him and that's yeah that's where I sit he's he's been a bust the past you know the past couple of weeks so I think um I mean his his attempts are going up from passing standpoint every week so that's the thing is like if you put him on your bench you'd hate to you'd hate to lose the opportunity there but Tennessee's defense does have a way of making life miserable at times um he's thrown an interception the past two weeks so if you don't start him because of that I've I wouldn't I wouldn't hate it. Um, that's my sentiment there. I just, there's not a, he really doesn't, he's not doing a lot of running right now. He's not throwing a lot of touchdown passes. So I think that he's, they're going to depend a lot on Joe Mixon and the running game. And then I do think though, you got to play Higgins or Chase if you have them. And that's about it. I think I'll, I think I'll pass on Burrow honestly, until I start seeing something that is more sustainable and profitable. And turning on the Tennessee side of the ball, Tajay Spears is somebody who I would be keeping my eyes open for because he's been outworking Derrick Henry. And I don't know if this is like a play to like help keep Henry healthy going into the latter part of the season. So they're going to give more work to Tajay Spears so that they can go to more of an end-of-the-season push to get to the playoffs, get in the playoffs with a healthy Derrick Henry. Um, I just don't know. Tannehill is just not fun. It stinks because Hopkins is there and Chigo Conquo, and just nothing is nothing is happening. And it's a shame because Chigo Conquo might be one of the most athletic tight ends in the league, and we get stuck with him. Um, at the mercy of Tannehill. So it's this could be a cool game, or this could be a really ugly game. Like, if Tennessee ever got in a shootout, I don't think they could keep up. Like, 
if they were in a situation where Miami just decided to not like just play like zone coverage and not really um do much on on defense in terms of like sending some blitzes or anything like that i don't think that tennessee would have much luck even moving the ball against miami at all uh that'd be interesting um then we got uh vegas at la chargers and i think that this is a great game for keenan allen plays josh palmer and joshua kelly go for it garrett um play every Chargers player. I wouldn't even hate it if you had to throw Quentin Johnson in there. Just give it a shot because I think that there's going to be opportunity for everybody. And then on the Vegas side of the ball, I'm only interested in Josh Jacobs and Devontae Adams. That's it. LA Charger defense might be a good play as well. New England at Dallas. Dallas definitely going to kick the tires after not coming through against the Cardinals like they probably should have, and I bet they're feeling that heat, and I think they're going to want to send a message, and what a better way to send a message than to beat the Pats. So let's see what happens there. I do like the Dallas plays this week. Pollard, um, Dak, Prescott, CeeDee Lamb, um, Jake Ferguson. I think they're all goes, and I think that that will be a good bounce back game for Dallas. Dallas's defense too, especially I think they're going to want some redemption after allowing the insufferable Arizona Cardinals to do something. Then, speaking of Arizona, they're going up to San Francisco and I don't think San Francisco is going to make the same mistakes Dallas did. I'm playing everybody this week. Christian McCaffrey, Elijah Mitchell, everybody that's available to me from that standpoint that I know is going to be productive. Debo Samuel, George Kittle, and Brock Purdy might be a sneaky good play as well. I think this game, Christian McCaffrey gets some time off for a quarter, and then Elijah Mitchell could potentially get the lion's share of some options. I don't hate uh, Elijah Mitchell, Christian McCaffrey stack this weekend. I don't hate a San Francisco stack in general this weekend. I think that they are going to make quick work of the Cardinals, and I think that they are going to score points. Also, I love their defense in this matchup. Their defense could definitely uh, score a touchdown uh, in this game because it's Cardinals. But we'll say it, like Cardinals defense has been frisky this year. However, I don't think that they are so frisky as to throw Mr. Shanahan off base. So, yeah, I expect this to be a whomping for the San Francisco 49ers. So hopefully they make that happen. Then we got Kansas City for Sunday Night Football traveling to the Big Apple to face the Jets. This matchup should be a day game, honestly. But they no flexing until week five, which I actually don't mind. So flexing schedule, that's going to be a fun one because that is going to get dicey and it could change like really quickly the way the league has kind of changed that format. So New York Jets... Obviously, playing Garrett Wilson, Brees Hall, if you have those guys. And honestly, I don't know if I'd be very interested in playing anybody else. On the Kansas City side, of course, you play Mahomes, you play Mr. Kelsey. I think you play McKinnon. And in terms of the wide receivers, not quite sure. Those are the three guys that I feel the most comfortable with giving shots at. Um Outside of that, you're kind of throwing darts, but if you need to, uh, I don't, I wouldn't hate you for picking up one of the wide receivers that's available on your waivers, giving them a shot. You never know. Just make sure you take the one that's out there actually for snaps, uh, probably MVS or somebody like that. But even if I'm playing Marquez Valdez-Scantling, I think I have other problems, and I think you could find better potential out there on your waivers. And then we're back to one Monday night game. And this one is Seattle traveling east to New York Giants. So two night games in a row for um, MetLife Stadium. That's that's fun for the grounds crew. Um, Seattle, oh man, Kenneth Walker, absolutely right now for sure. Um, Gino, not really 
I mean, I'm interested this week because the matchup's advantageous, but I'm not holding my breath for him. And then Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf, clear, clear plays. It'd be interesting to see what happens with Zach Charbonnet, as Bryron and I were talking about earlier there. Um, I do anticipate Charbonnet eventually overtaking this role for Kenneth Walker. I think Kenneth Walker's an injury away from uh, losing a starting spot. And I think Charbonnet is the real deal after watching him at UCLA and Michigan. So, yeah, that'd be tough. And then on the Giants side, not really too interested in Daniel Jones. Um, Darren Waller, probably going to play him if you have him. And then Saquon Barkley also. And then from the receiver side, Isaiah Hodgins, kind of sneaky good play sometimes. A keyword there, sometimes. Um, yeah, even, oh, yeah, Saquon's hurt. You're not playing Saquon, so you ought to throw a dart. Uh, Matt Breida, go for it. That's, I feel like you could do better, though. I think they had a lot of injuries on the line right now in New York. I mean, who doesn't this time of year? But this is just tough to watch. Um, yeah, Darius Slayton, Paris Campbell, all plays, I think, before Mr. Hyatt there. Same with Hodgins. It's just, I, don't want to start Giants wide receivers this year. It's not it's not as good as it was last year. I think that things have been schemed out against Dable where they're not this people just aren't as intimidated by him as they were. So regardless of that, good luck this week everybody. Hope that this gave you a little bit of insights into what to expect and a longer episode this week. I apologize. Um but that's, you know, I was a day late, so hopefully this this gets you enough insight to get you through the week and uh, appreciate you for listening. As always, check out the other Box Score Network podcasts, and this has been the Fantasy Football Franchise with Brandon Tim. We will see you on the next episode.